Welcome back to the non-award-winning Fit Fizz podcast. I'm Kelly Wilson, owner of FitFizzStudio.com, and I am a certified trainer, nutrition coach, behavior change specialist, autoimmune disease fighter, and I've worked in the health and fitness industry for over 20 years. I am here to help you ditch the gimmicks, find strength through your struggles, give you knowledge for making the smartest choices for your own health, and to remind you to celebrate victory all along the way. The information shared is for educational and informational purposes only. None of the content should be interpreted as an intent to diagnose, treat, cure, heal, or prescribe. And getting on with the show, I was originally going to do today's episode on a new app for kids by Weight Watchers called Kerbo, K-U-R-B-O, and my very strong stance against it. But I did the whole show, listened to it, and it sounded completely negative. So I scrapped the whole thing, but I'm going to say this. This is an app created for kids meant for ages 8 to 17, and the App Store actually says it's for ages 4 and up for the purpose of helping kids lose weight. While I do agree that there is a childhood obesity issue, I think the app has potential to do way more harm than good because of the age of the target audience. So just a word of caution to parents out there listening, you might want to be on the lookout for this app called Kerbo, K-U-R-B-O, on your kids' phones and proceed however you see fit. I personally would never allow it, but then again, I am not a parent, but I wanted to at least mention it so it's out there in case you had not heard about it elsewhere. And a quick announcement for an upcoming challenge that I hope you will join me for. It's for a pantry clean out, and I'm making it as simple as possible for the sake of not taking up your time. It's going to be five days from August 25th through the 29th. So it ends the Thursday before Labor Day weekend, and it's only $19 to join. You will learn a lot. You will get access to all of the content even after the challenge. So even if you're busy on those days, you can still sign up and do it whenever you can make time. And here's how it will work. You will go to fitfizzstudio.com slash pantry dash challenge to sign up and get all the details. Plus, I will be posting that link on social media to make it easy for you to find. And on those days, I will be going live in the Fit Fizz Raw Energy Oasis Facebook group to talk about each day's topic. I'll go live at 7.30 p.m. Central Time, talk you through that day's portion of the challenge, and you can ask questions. I know you're busy, so I'm going to keep it short to about 10 minutes or less. Then I will stay to answer any questions that you might have about foods lingering in your pantry or your cabinets. So it's time to get rid of the sludge, talk about better options, and definitely we'll be trashing any old expired stuff that's just taking up space. I hope you'll join me. And this is all about educating you on making healthier choices and simplifying life a little bit. Now, moving on to nutrition labels and nutrition facts. This could be several shows because there's so much to cover, but I'm going to highlight some important things, things that are probably going to change in the near future, and some things that are frequently misinterpreted. We each have different things that we focus on when we look at a nutrition label, and your focus might change from time to time. 
And if it's a new food for me, I if it's a new food I've never bought before, I usually pick it up and look to make sure there are no trans fats. And if there are, I usually put it back right away, try to find a better option. I will also usually look at protein right away and sugar and sometimes sodium. And depending on the purpose that I will be eating a particular food for, I'll look at other things too. For example, if I'm buying a snack bar, I usually only eat those if I'm on the go and not sure when I will be able to get a real meal. And I also eat them a lot before I have a training session. So with those, I typically want something that's relatively high calorie. And if it's high in healthy fats, that's something I tend to go towards. And what you focus on when you look at nutrition facts will depend on your personal goals as well. Now, one thing I want to make really clear before I go any further is that I am not the type of coach or person to demonize any whole class of ingredients. I have my personal opinions of certain ingredients that I prefer to not put into my body, but that's because of my own personal health needs and preferences. You might see or hear some professionals make statements like, all white starchy foods are bad or all sugar is bad. And I personally think that is irresponsible to put those types of messages out into the world. And what makes me different than a lot of those types of coaches out there is I want to give you reasons why we might lean a certain way with certain ingredients so that you can make the make educated decisions for you and your family instead of fear-based uneducated decisions. A lot of people have real fear around certain foods or ingredients, but I believe that knowledge is the way to having, not having that unnecessary fear. So keep in mind today that I'm really only talking about the nutrition, the nutrition facts, which is that black and white box that says nutrition facts at the top. I'm not really talking about the ingredients part of the label for the most part. That will be another whole show or two. So the first part of the nutrition facts, when you look at that box, it's always in black and white. You will see the serving size and how many serving sizes per package. Since 2016, there has been a new design being implemented and all food products are going to be required to adhere to this design by January 2020. So they've had like four years to get this done. And I think this new design is easier to read than the old one. And a lot of you have probably seen it on packages already. One thing to always keep in mind is that these nutrition facts are always based on a 2000 calorie per day diet, no matter what type of food it is. So that includes snacks for toddlers. When serving sizes are based on 2000 calories per day, that really doesn't apply to most people. It's just a guideline. So a child certainly doesn't need 2000 calories per day. So if you're buying for kids, keep in mind that you might be giving them what's actually considered basically one adult sized serving according if you're going by what it says on the nutrition facts portion of a food package. So why are you giving them one adult serving or the whole package? They might they might not need that much for their little bodies. And even a, a grown adult that's maybe sedentary and 110 pounds, 
they also probably don't need 2000 calories per day. So always keep that in mind. If you're buying snacks for your toddler and you look at the nutrition facts, remember it's really an overestimation for what their little bodies need. And also there, the nutrient values on a nutrition label on food packaging, they are a government standard of the minimum amount needed if you don't have a disease, if you're not on medications, and if you are on medications, they can certainly drain the body of certain nutrients. And those nutrient values that are on the labels, they're also to be taken if you're at a perfect weight and you don't have any nutritional deficiencies. So if you keep all of those things in mind, you can see how this is very loose guidelines. And I think a lot of people will look at the look at the label and be like, oh, boom, that's what I need. And kind of do a little mental check mark, like I'm safe with this because it says so on the label. But it's not really good to be that that tightly dialed into the nutri- to the facts that are on the label. If you were to see a functional medicine doctor or have lab tests done for optimal ranges, you'd likely not align with what you see on these nutrition fact labels. And so that means it's also important to see it as a loose guideline. And it and keep in mind that it's not accurate for every body. So you should also keep in mind that food manufacturers are allowed to lie on these labels and they are very good at reverse engineering the facts in order to make them appear healthier than they are. They might not know Let's say, for example, a food manufacturer wants to hit X grams of carbs per serving and what they make naturally won't hit that mark. So they make changes to the ingredients in order to have it balance out in their favor. So maybe they can claim low carb on the front of the package. And this is done all the time. Food manufacturers are always doing this kind of thing to hit a certain mark for any certain type of ingredient. Which also reminds me about another topic called protein spiking, which is a shady practice that's done in a lot of athletic supplements to alter the results of how much protein is actually in each serving. All the more reason to stick to whole foods or foods with fewer ingredients because the more whole the food is, the fewer ingredients it has, it's less room for that kind of shady stuff to be happening. Now, the nutrition facts part of the label is also where you will find the content of macronutrients and some micronutrients. There are three macronutrients, that is your protein, carbs, and fats. Those are the main things that people track if you ever start doing a food log or tracking macros for the sake of changing your body composition. These are the three main nutrients that our bodies use as fuel in some way or another. And how much each person needs of these macronutrients depends on your size and your goals. And because of this, I hate it when I see the front of food packaging say things like high protein because it's all relative. High protein according to what? According to the serving size? High protein for a 250-pound athlete? Or high protein for a 10-year-old? When I see a package that says high protein, I love to grab it and look at the serving size. And almost without fail, it usually turns out that the amount of protein per serving really is not anything that I would consider high protein for a semi-active average size adult. But 
it might be high protein for someone who doesn't get much protein in their daily intake and generally survives on a ton of junk food. So that's a sad truth that I have found to be common on food packaging that I think you should be aware of. So let's say you're going through the grocery store aisles feeling like, "Eh, maybe I need a little more protein in my diet. And you see a label that says high protein. A smart consumer won't grab it and say, oh, good, just what I need and drop it in the cart. A smart consumer will look at the amount of protein per serving size on the nutrition facts. And then you ask yourself some questions. Will you eat one serving at a time or more than one serving at a time? Do some math there if you need to. How often will you eat it? How does it compare to the rest of your daily protein intake? If you're not sure about how much protein you need in a day, that's too much for me to cover right now. So maybe that'll be next week's show or sometime soon. But these are the types of things to keep in mind when you look at nutrition facts. So start to notice the same things, not just with protein, but also with fats and carbs. Then we have the micronutrients to look at. So let's say the doctor has told you that you need to cut back on sodium. Do you know what to look for? For the average adult, 2,000 milligrams of sodium per day is pushing it to the high end of sodium and keeping it under 1,500 milligrams a day for most people is probably best. If you know that much, then you'll have a better gauge of when you look at the amount of sodium on a label. Frozen dinners are notorious for being packed with sodium as fillers and to give them flavor because sometimes they try to take out fat or they try to take out carbs. So they got to make it flavorful somehow. And a lot of times they add sodium. So if you buy a lot of frozen dinners, even if they're marketed as healthier options, take a look at how much sodium if you haven't already done that because they might be putting a whole lot of sodium in there. So for example, I'm not in a state of health where I need to have great concern over my sodium intake and I never put extra salt on my food. But when I do glance at the sodium on the nutrition facts, sometimes it's so high, I will just instantly put it back like, oh, heck no, I'm not eating that and just put it back on the shelf and find a different option. Once in a while, it's not a big deal to have a meal like that. But if it's something that you might consider eating once a week, that can certainly add up fast if it maybe has 2,500 milligrams of sodium per serving for one frozen meal. And that doesn't even take into account the rest of the sodium that you ate in the rest of your meals that day. So that's another thing to consider. Another thing to look out for is trans fats. You will see that. And it might say zero grams of trans fats, but you have to look further. As little as two grams of trans fats can start to impact heart health, cause weight gain, and create inflammation. Why? Because it's a fake fat. It's really not meant to be in our bodies. So once it enters the body, there's a chemical reaction, and it reacts as if it's like a foreign invader, kind of like as if it was a virus or a bacteria. And once you reach a certain threshold of having trans fats becoming part of your body's fat stores, it becomes more and more resistant to being burned off. So not all fat is created equal. A few other things that you'll see are certain vitamins listed and the RDA or recommended daily allowance. Now, in general, I don't think these things are particularly helpful for most foods, but it can be interesting to know what you're getting. On the old version of the food label that you'll see still out there until 2020, 
they will have listed vitamin A, vitamin C, calcium, and iron. And on the new version, vitamin A and vitamin C are no longer required to be there. And another change that the old version did not require but is on the new version is vitamin D. In my opinion, this is another pointless one because it's based on a recommended daily allowance of 200 micrograms of vitamin D per day, which is incredibly low. Most people who are even prescribed vitamin D by their doctor start at maybe 1,000, maybe 2,000 micrograms per day. And these labels are saying only 200 per day. 200 micrograms is such a teensy tiny dose that there's just another cautionary tale about the nutrition facts on food packages and why you shouldn't take them as hard and fast rules. I'm also going to put a link in the show notes of what the old nutrition label looks like next to the new one so you can actually see it if you want to. And one additional fact is that manufacturers of single ingredient foods like honey and maple syrup, they're going to have an extra six months to get their labels up to updated to the new one. So I almost forgot to mention sugar. Let's talk about sugar really quick. It's one of those ingredients that we love to hate and hate to love because it can truly be addicting. And it can also have adverse health effects like making vegetables taste kind of gross or making natural sugars taste dull if you eat too much of it. So on the new version of the nutrition facts, they are required to list added sugars, which was not previously required. And here's another fact about sugar and foods. If you see on the front of a food package that it says sugar-free, it might not actually mean that. It might contain some sugar. It means that they meant, if it says sugar-free, it means that they met the minimum requirement for being able to legally say that on the package. Foods can contain up to half a gram of sugar per serving and call it sugar-free not such a big deal on its own. But if we're talking about a bag of candy and maybe the doctor told you, you really got to stay away from that sugar. So you see sugar-free, think, cool, I can eat this and have no problem. But maybe a serving size is five small pieces of candy and you ate 10 servings and each serving contained that, that allowed dose of a half a gram of sugar. So you really ended up eating five grams of sugar, and maybe you repeated that snack again before bed. So that makes it 10 grams of sugar for the day. And if you do that every day thinking you're sugar free, but a week later that adds up to 70 grams of sugar, which is more than half of half a cup of sugar. So if the doctor told you stay away from sugar, would you turn around and gulp down a half a cup of sugar and say, nope, that didn't count? Not really. <laughs> so this is why it's important to be aware of these things. And if you don't typically think about these things or never gave it much thought, this is a great starting point for implementing some lifestyle habits that can help you make smarter choices to improve your health. I have so much to share with you during the pantry cleanout challenge. So sign up at fitfizstudio.com slash pantry challenge or look for the links in your email or on social media. Come learn some more about this stuff with me and let's purge our pantries and make some small, manageable steps for improvement. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks to my Patreon supporters, Elise V, Wendy C, and Pamela P for signing up on patreon.com slash Kelly Wilson. And until next time, breathe, stay strong, and always celebrate victory.
celebrate victory.